All right, we're still in that range. Bitcoin's still on that range. We got a little bit of a pump yesterday, but now I think the market's getting nervous ahead of the interest rate decision that's coming out tomorrow. So markets are kind of sitting there extremely nervous. That's not only Bitcoin, but even if you look at the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ is also sitting there extremely, extremely nervous. You can see that it's down about 155 points or 1.29% ahead of Powell's speech and interest rate decision tomorrow. And after what happened when Powell spoke last time, markets are super, super, super nervous. So I'm going to show you today how I'm trading the interest rate decision, why I'm trading the interest rate decision like that. And then we're going to look at a bear market recovery portfolio. So what I've tried to do is look for the tokens that are going to pump the most and pump the hardest when the bear market ends, because that's what you should be putting into your portfolios. So I'm going to look at those tokens and we're going to make a decision together whether we should be buying those tokens or whether they're better tokens to buy uh, for the end of the bear market. So what do you think? Excited? Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and then they got go. Time to wake up, time to wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. Get up. I love you guys because when I say that I know which tokens are going to pump harder than Vitalik, that's when you guys all arrive here in full force ready to DJ. And I'm watching the comments here. You guys are just here to DJ. And you don't care about the fundamentals. You don't care about the news. All you want to know is which tokens are going to pump harder than Vitalik. That's basically all, all you guys are here for. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually keep that section until quite late in the show to keep you guys here for the fundamentals because I've got to educate you guys. I can't just say, hey, buy these tokens. I actually have to educate you guys. That's how it works here. Um... All right, let's do this. Let's not waste too much time today. Um, I can see there's just a bunch of DGENs. And I'm, I'm just reading the comments. It's just a bunch of DGENs in, in the comments here. What happened to all the fundamental all the fundamental people, the people that really wanted education? Well, what happened to them? It's like, we just have a bunch, we have a bunch of DGEN gamblers left in the community. That's how we, that's how we love you guys. From, from one DGEN gambler to, to the rest of the DGEN gamblers. Love you guys like crazy. All right, let's do this. Um, as George would say, subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to our channel. Um, we don't have a car channel, so you can't subscribe to our car channel. Hit the bell notification because then you'll be notified. No, no one knows what that bell notification does. So if you hit the bell notification, what it does is when we're about to go live, it sends you an alert and it says, Ryan is about to go live or Carl's about to go live. So just hit the bell notification. Subscribe to the channel. Um, I saw there was a little bit of slippage in the subscriber to viewer ratio. Uh, that's because we've got new members in the fam. So um well done. We've got 581,000 subscribers now. And like 89% of you guys are subscribed. The rest are just visiting, just tourists, undecided as to whether you guys should join the highest alpha show on the planet. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to try and deliver you another very, 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 very high alpha show. If it's good, subscribe. If it's good, like the channel. If it's good, give me a good comment. If it's bad, unsubscribe. Um, put a dislike and leave. 
you can't dislike twice. YouTube only only lets you dislike once. It's a, it's that whole it's that whole woke culture thing that you're not like allowed. You see that YouTube, they've hidden the dislikes, so you can't see how many people have unliked something. It's this whole like work thing, like you know, God forbid you should hurt someone's feelings by giving them real honest positive feedback. You, you can't do that anymore. You can't. It's like you can't have kids. Kids cannot fail tests at school anymore because it makes them feel like losers. That, that's so. So now you can't like say to a kid you failed the test. You can't say that anymore. You, some some schools aren't even testing kids anymore because they're just scared of what it does to the poor kid's self confidence. Bro, when I was a kid, if I got if I failed the test, let me tell you, my parents rubbed it in my face, my teacher rubbed it in my face, my dad. If if I failed the test badly, that my dad used to pull out the belt. Um, my dad once told me if you pass your math test or my, your history test. I'll buy you a motorbike. I got like ninety percent for that test. So like now with you kids, didn't even get the I got the motorbike, uh, and then I, I kept riding the motorbikes. So I never passed any more tests. Uh, crazy, but I mean, kids these days in this whole woke culture, it's crazy. It's crazy. What's going on in front of our eyes is absolutely crazy. But that's you know, I'm not going to talk about that on the on the show because if I do, then I spoke about. I, I tweeted the other day about friends of mine who are dying as a result of the back of the vaccine right so no no sorry no no sorry they're not dying as a result of the vaccine just to be clear i tweeted that friends of mine in their vaccinated friends of mine are dying and thank god the cdc assured us that it's not because of the vaccine but people are dying and people started swearing at me people defriended me unfriended me it was terrible anyways i don't want to talk about that stuff let's talk about crypto um exactly broke culture i don't want to be a part of it um I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be a part of it. I just want to, I want to talk about crypto. I'm here to talk about crypto. That's what I'm doing. I'm just here to talk about crypto. Okay. So, um, 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 okay, let's start. So let's look at where, where we're at. Um, it's important. Okay. So let's talk about where we're at right now. As you guys can see, Bitcoin is on that range. And I said to you guys, if you guys are range trading, this is probably a good place to buy because you're now very, very, very close to the bottom of the range going into a significant event. Now, there's two options that can happen here because obviously there's always two options that can happen here. One is we can break down below this trend line. That is if Pal comes out uber, uber, uber hawkish tomorrow. Um, or we can bounce here if Pal comes out um, dovish tomorrow and we can continue to play this range. I've taken a view. I'm expecting the bounce here. I'm taking, I've taken the view of getting a slight bounce. Um, and the reason why I think we're getting a slight bounce is because the market is going into this week's uh, FOMC meeting after the last time that Powell spoke, and you'll remember that the last time that Powell, that Powell spoke, he was quite hawkish. He was direct to the point. He used the words like much pain needed and, and whatever else. And so I think the market's got huge PTSD from the last time that Powell spoke. Right now, as it stands, the market believes that Powell will raise interest rates by 75 basis points. 82% of the market believe that Powell will raise interest rates by 75 basis points. 18% believe that he'll raise by one full um, by one by one full percent. Okay, so that's where it stands now. And remember, I said to you that because people have got such post-traumatic stress disorder from the last time that Powell spoke, we are getting people going into this FOMC meeting uber, uber, uber bearish. Okay, so how do we know that? Because if you look at the put call ratio, the put call ratio takes the ratio of the number of puts, which are negative uh, options, to calls, which are positive options. And we'll, we'll, we'll do an, an options trading course for the banter fan pretty soon. But what you can see is that 
the put call ratio right now going into this FOMC is the highest that it's been, I think, in I think since 2020, since April 2020, since the beginning of COVID. Okay, so people are uber, uber, uber bearish going into this thing. And that was because of the last time that, that Powell spoke. Now, because people are so uber bearish, I believe that this time we can only get a positive surprise. So I'm going into this slightly long. I'm taking a long bet on the NASDAQ. I'm taking a long bet on Bitcoin and on a couple of other things. I may be wrong. I'm just letting you know what I'm doing. I'm taking the view that this is still part of the range. I don't see any reason for us to break down. Um, if we, I, don't, I don't see any reason for us to break down, but I do believe it's going to raise by 75 basis points. And, um, and I think the market is going to bounce because it's going to be a bounce of relief and I think he can't be more hawkish than he was the last time. In the interim, though, we had Sweden raise their interest rate by 1%. So people were expecting 0.75. But Sweden was the first country to, to raise interest rates by 1%. And remember I said to you that this interest rate, this FOMC meeting is actually very different from all the other FOMC meetings. Why? Because there's 20 countries around the world that are raising the interest rates in the next 24 hours, in, in, this tw in this 24 hours that we're in now. So in this 24 hours that we're in now, we've got US, UK, Switzerland, Norway, Taiwan, Brazil, Egypt, all raising the interest rates. Okay, so it, it feels like we're going into a very, very, very high interest rate environment. And this is where I think we need to, to have a chat here because people are starting to realize now that we may be here for quite a while, that things are going to get difficult for quite a while. But I think that people have lost all perspective. I think that the market has become like a bunch of kids who get into a car on a vacation trip, right? So you're getting into the car on the vacation trip. And then, you know, like your kids, like you've got a 10-hour drive. And one hour into the drive, your kids are like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That's what's happening on the markets. Guys, let's just put things into perspective. We've just started to tighten the interest rates. In fact, this is an interest rate chart since 1955 and you can see that interest rates have barely 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 gone up here you can kind of see like we're still under 2.5 percent for the fed's fund rate interest rates could get really bad in fact the last time that we had such high inflation interest rates went all the way up to 20 percent we're still in two and a half percent and everybody's asking well are we there yet are we there yet have we hit the bottom are we there are we there guys toughen up we haven't even started None of the stuff that the Fed has done has actually managed to reduce inflation at all. I showed you, I showed you that yesterday. It means that this is going to be quite a long and quite a tough road to get to interest rate, to the, to the inflation targets that the Fed is going to get to. And the Fed has said unequivocally many, many, many times that they ain't going to stop until they bring down inflation because inflation right now is the biggest problem that they have. So sitting here and going, well, when is the bottom? Have we hit the bottom? Is this the end of interest rates? Guys, we have just started. It's literally like we just got in the car and the Fed just started to increase interest rates. And the truth is that if right now inflation levels are the same as they were in the 1980s and interest rates went to 20%, 19.04%. So sitting here and trying to find the bottom every single time crypto goes down or hoping that the markets, um, that the markets are going to bounce or recover or break through a trend line is not a strategy. Okay, it's just... It's just not a strategy. You've got to change your strategy. You can't sit here and, and, and wait for the Fed to, to finish tightening. In fact, even, even um, uh, uh, I think it was JP Morgan or, or, or here, um, there was one of the big banks which actually said, oh, um, it, was, it was JP Morgan. 
JP Morgan, I think, came out today and said, oh, we don't believe that the Fed is going to, is going to stop to, to cut interest rates until 2024. Why are you talking about interest rate cuts when we haven't even reached the beginning of the interest rate hiking cycle? Nothing that the Fed has done has actually started to work. So we've got to change our strategy. You can't just sit here and, and, and wait for every time that we break a short-term trend. This is going to be a long winter, and you've got to change your mindset as a result. Now, when I say change your mindset, there's pretty much two things that you can do. And both of them are actually not bad options at all. One is a better option than the other. The first thing that you can do, which is actually a very good option, is to go on vacation to stop trading. Because right now, I think a lot of you, what you're doing is you're just destroying value. So if you don't want to do the next thing, then the best thing is just to go on vacation. But if you're not going to go on vacation, then what you need to be doing is you need to be building. Okay, now everybody can build. I know that you think when I say build, go and build a project. No, 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 you don't have to build a project. Build a portfolio, build an audience, build a skill, build more knowledge on the best tokens out there, build more knowledge on the markets. Bear markets are for building. And those that build in the bear market are the ones that actually get rewarded. In fact, a lot of the best projects in this cycle were the ones that built during the last bear market. And in fact, in bull markets, the builders are distracted and they're distracted by price. I don't know if you remember, but if, if, if we go back a couple of months to when we were in the bull market and, and, um, and you think about what your day consisted of, your day consisted of hype and brain dead rubbish. Okay, You weren't building anything. You were checking price and you were speculating on price and you weren't really worried about quality. You're worried about hype. You weren't building anything. And the problem is that when that hype ended, your house of cards collapsed. So it's time to take a reality check and to say, bull markets distract good projects and good builders. And when I say builders, not, even, not only people that are building on projects, but people like me and you that are building knowledge, that are building a portfolio, that are building a community. You get distracted in bull markets and you fall into the, the, the trap of hype. Bear markets are when the best projects are built. Look at FTX, built during the previous bear market. Look at Solana, built during the previous bear market. Look at Luna, even though it collapsed, built during the previous bear market. Look at Arweave, built during the previous bear market. Bear markets are the time for building, and bull markets are the time for hype and distractions. And most of the real builders that I know are actually quite excited in the bear market because what they're saying is, for the first time, their teams and the developers aren't distracted by hype and price. They just want to build great products, which will explode into the next cycle. So you've got to make a call. Sitting in the back of the car and asking when we've arrived, when the truth is the interest rate cycle has just started. If I, I want to just show you this chart. Okay, so let's go back to NASDAQ. I just want to give you some perspective as to where we are. Okay, I just want to give you some perspective because everyone's like moaning, when will this end? When will this end? This hasn't even started. Look here. This is the, the pre-COVID high. This is the NASDAQ. Today, the NASDAQ at the bottom of the bear market is 21.36% higher than when uh, than the the pre-COVID high, okay? That means that if you would have invested in the NASDAQ, you would have made about 11% a year. That's not a bad return. That's not a, pay, a max pain return. If you take it from the bottom of the, of, the, of the COVID cycle, the NASDAQ is still up 80%, okay? At the same time, as I, as I said to you, interest rates haven't even started climbing and nothing that the Fed has done up until now has worked to reduce inflation. And so we're at the beginning of a cycle and you've got to change your mindset. Either you're going to build, build a community, build a portfolio, keep building, keep building, keep building, build knowledge. 
um, build a product, build a business, or you can, go, you can go on vacation. Or you can stay here and try and trade every single break, but I promise you that in the long time, in the long run, you're just going to get wrecked. And it's time to change our mindsets. Because if we don't, we're going to get wrecked in this. We're going to get wrecked in this bear market. And I don't want you guys wrecked. I want you guys building. I want you guys building a portfolio. And there's going to be a lot of pain. And if you are feeling pain, everybody around you is feeling pain. Everybody's portfolios are down. A few. Everybody's portfolio is down. My portfolio is down big. Everybody around here's portfolio is down. In fact, I saw this today, which is pretty cool. Well, I'm not cool at all, but. The size of the acquisitions of Bitcoins that MicroStrategy is announcing have now become so small. It's like they acquired 300 Bitcoins for $6 million in cash. It's like, seriously? Do you have to announce it? Soon it's going to be MicroStrategy uh, 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 acquired a sandwich at the canteen at, at lunchtime. That's how small these purchases are becoming. But the truth is, you want to talk about pain? They are down $1.5 billion dollars on their purchases. They've got 130,000 Bitcoin. Their entry price is around $30,639. They are down $1.5 billion. So what are they doing? They're carrying on building their portfolio. They are dollar cost averaging. And that's what it's about now. It's about building, building a portfolio, building a community, um, building your knowledge, or going on vacation. So later on in the show, I'm going to talk to you about building the right portfolio with the coins that are actually going to pump first and pump hardest and be the safest when this bear market eventually ends. And what you've got to remember is that bear markets always end. And they always end when you least expect them to end and for the purpose that you would never imagine. Bull markets are caused by purposes that you could never imagine. If I would have said to you in 2020 that a virus that would kill hundreds of thousands of people maybe even millions of people, which would shut down the economies completely, would cause the next crypto bull market. You would think I'm an absolute maniac. And that is exactly what caused it. So what I'm saying to you is don't try and speculate as to what would cause the next bull market because you'll never get it right. You'll never get it right. Don't try and call the end of the bear market because you'll never get it right. It'll, bull markets will always end way before you imagine and bear markets will always last way longer than you ever imagined. And when they turn, it'll be for a reason that you could never have imagined. And so trying to forecast all of that isn't in your best interest. But having a strategy for what happens when that ends and being properly positioned, that's a strategy. And that's what we're going to do today. And that's what we're going to keep our focus on. So let's do it. Let's carry on. Um, in fact, let, let's before we carry on, speaking of building, while... Interest rates are going down, markets are going down, the infrastructure continues to be built. I saw another thing today which reminded me very much of 2017 and 2018, where, where, where in 2017 and in 2018, um, I remember that even though the mood was so bad, I just remember these announcements which kind of indicated that when the bear market ends, things are going to be amazing. And here's another one of these announcements which is keeping me, just this, when I saw this, it really reminded me of 2017. And says, NASDAQ plans to offer crypto custody and expand to other services. And that's on Bloomberg. And I remember this is very much a 2018, 2019 bear market announcement. Hey, Carl, this is like the stuff we heard in the bear market, you know. And you can see that this, that when the bull market comes and the NASDAQ now offers crypto custody, you can see we're going to be well positioned. But we've got to ride this out. We've got to ride this out. We've got to ride this out. Cool. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to build a portfolio in a second. Before that, I do want to just talk about a few things that are happening right now on the market. 
Um, let's let's we could just look at the markets again. Someone said the Nasdaq is crashing. It's down 1.5 percent but it really hasn't changed i promise you i'm watching it keeping my eye on the ball so don't worry about that um ian bellina ian bellina has been charged by the sec so this is this is huge news a lot of you guys don't know who ian bellina is so if you don't know who ian bellina is let me introduce you to ian bellina a friend of mine so this is ian hey tokometrics family it's ian and i'm here for a very very huge announcement Okay, so most of you don't even know who Ian Bellina is. So let me give you the background of Ian Bellina. In 2017, Ian Bellina was the undisputed ICO king, okay? In 2017, when the ICO bubble exploded and people were making 500x or 1,000x and you couldn't get into ICOs. And ICOs were raising 30 and 40 and 50 million dollars at a time. Ian Bellina was the undisputed king of ICOs. He would represent every single one of the biggest ICOs. He would buy, block, or commit to block uh, blocks of, IC, of, of the ICO. And then he would syndicate that down to these private telegram groups that he had. And I remember how hard it was to be part of Ian Bellina's groups. And what he used to do as well was he used to publish a, a list. That's the list. I know you can hardly read it because the, the, the quality is so bad. But this list was like, if you could get your project onto Ian Bellina's list, and if you could get to become a Hall of Fame or an All-Star, that was like the best thing that could happen. And if you didn't make the team, then your token would actually collapse. So that is, for, for those of you who don't know who Ian Bellina is, that, that's who Ian Bellina is. Now, interestingly, Ian Bellina got hacked doing a live stream once. And there was a lot of controversy around the time when he got hacked because people said he wasn't really hacked, but he was doing it so that he wouldn't, pay, wouldn't have to pay tax on his crypto gains. Ian allegedly kept his private keys on a, um, on a cloud service provider, on, a, on one of the cloud services. And while he was doing a live stream, he got hacked and he got hacked live. So I want to show it to you. I want to show it to you. I know a lot of you weren't here. Some of us were here, uh, but a lot of you weren't. So this is what happened. Out of his, um, his Gmail account. So watch this. This is from Definitive Finance. Go and follow these guys. So he's just uh, tapping about you and you'll see it pop up just shortly. Right, let me... This boom signed out. You've okay, been signed out. You must looks like I have again. to sign back in here. So you'll see he's put his screen back so no one can see. He's a little bit worried here, thinking what's going on. Um, and uh, so we don't let this go on all day. Basically, he uh is not too sure what's going on, but he blows it off and he's like, Okay, don't worry. Uh, I'll worry about it a little bit later, um, as you hear him say now. Okay, what the heck? He's really stressing now. Doesn't know what's happened. Okay, I'm just saying I have to finish this later. And that's pretty much where he leaves it. So he's like, okay, well, I'm... So that's what I'm saying. That's Ian Bellina. And that's when, when he got hacked live and he got hacked for millions and millions and millions of dollars. And then in the next, in this bear market, Ian Bellina basically disappeared until yesterday. So he started a company. The company's called Token Metrics. It's a research company. I kind of think the research is really, really good. And then yesterday, what we heard from the SEC was we heard from the SEC that they are, that they are charging Ian Bellina. Here it is. Let me show you. They're charging Ian Bellina with securities, with promoting securities and not disclosing um, the fees that he got, et cetera, et cetera. 
And so this whole thing is around a project called Sparkster, which is which is one of the projects that he very much promoted. I'm not going to bore you with with everything that that's written here, but what it said, what it basically said was that Ian Bellina committed to buy $5 million of Sparkster tokens. He sold it down his uh, Telegram groups and other influencers, and he got a 30% bonus for promoting Sparkster. This is where the whole thing works out. He got a 30% bonus for promoting Sparkster, and it's, it's not clear whether he handed that 30% over to the other investors or didn't hand um, uh, 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 this to, to the other investors. So he was paid, according to SEC, he was paid to promote an unregistered security and that's the charge, or at least at face value, that's the charge. But it doesn't end there. And I'll show you why it gets a whole lot worse. First thing is, he has vowed to defend this. In fact, this is how he has vowed to defend this. He says, excited to take this fight public. This frivolous SEC charge set a bad precedent for the entire industry. If investing in a private sale with a discount is a crime, the entire VC, crypto VC industry is in trouble. Turn down the settlement. So they have to prove themselves 100%. So he's taking on the SEC. He turned down a settlement because he doesn't believe that it's a crime. And he may be right. But if he is right, do you want to go and fight the SEC? That is absolute madness to go and fight the SEC. Okay. So he published an, an official statement. In the official statement, he said that the SEC's division's proposed charges against Mr. Bino are unfounded, effort based on multiple misconceptions of fact and law enumerated below. He did do a formal response. Um, he says, this is the, the first time a private, a, a private pre-sale purchase of a digital asset has been accused of compensation in exchange for publicity. Mr. Bina denies the SEC's accusations of investing 1.2 million in Sparks token, claiming he only invested $106,000 in Sparks tokens. There is no evidence that Mr. Bina received any extra money or any evidence from, from Sparks. Mr. Bellina lost money from his investment with them. The enforcement division does not have any precedent for treating a discount purchase of a commodity as compensation, and he goes on and on and on. So at face, at face value, that's it. But there is something way, way, way bigger hidden in this charge. Something that the SEC has, he, 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 the SEC has reached way beyond what I think, that they're reaching way beyond what they should be reaching to. And he says, in their charge, it says, the US-based investors in Bellina's pool irrecoverably committed to the transaction when, from the United States, they sent ETH contributions to Bellina's pool. At that point, their Ethereum contributions were validated by a network of nodes on the Ethereum blockchain, which are clustered more densely in the United States than in any other country. And that is why the SEC is deeming this to be a American security, because the nodes the proof-of-work miners at the time, they say were clustered more in the United States, and so they're taking jurisdiction of this, which is absolutely crazy because it means that they can start taking jurisdiction of, of Bitcoin transactions just based on where the mining pools or the mining farms are. And for me, this is a massive, massive, massive over, overreach from the SEC. And I think, to be honest, and I, I don't know if you're allowed to say this on YouTube. I don't know if you're allowed to say this on YouTube, but I think that Gary Gensler has absolutely fucking lost his mind. This dude, he's, he is, I've never met someone who's so egotistical and just wants to own everything and take everything. Never seen anything like this in my life. Crazy. And the worst thing is that it can um, reach to Bitcoin. Um, 
Okay, so let's quickly talk about another thing that, that's happened. So Wintermute, which is a asset manager slash market maker, has been hacked. They were hacked for about $160 million. They were hacked by a really, really, really smart hacker. There is a whole list of the tokens that were hacked from Wintermute. Um, luckily or unluckily, $61 million is in USDC. $61 million, uh, um, $30 million is in USDT. I guess that in normal circumstances, USDT and USDC could come to rescue, but this hacker was very smart. What did the hacker do? Immediately, he went and put the USDT and USDC into Curve. And by staking the USDC and USDT in Curve, he basically mixed his USDT with all the other USDTs, so, you, so Circle can't block the, those tokens, right? So that's the first thing. Second thing is he stole a whole lot of other tokens. You can see the whole list over here. The main thing is that he didn't steal any big amounts of other tokens enough to cause huge falls in the token prices. So nothing to worry about in terms of prices dropping here, but it is quite a, a big hack. And it's, it's a hack that could have been avoided. And the reason why it could have been avoided is because this, the way that they hacked, um, the way that they hacked this was through a thing called vanity addresses. Now, what a vanity address is, is, a, is an address that starts with seven zeros and then the address. And it was, it was launched using a piece of software called Profanity. And the Profanity bug, which, which made this hackable, was actually disclosed by OneInch a few weeks ago. And I guess that, you know, with all the stuff that was happening on the ETH merge and whatever else, Wintermute didn't uh, abandon this Profanity address. And I guess now they got hacked for $160 million. They have assured everyone that they're solvent and there's absolutely nothing to worry about. Um, but still $160 million. And I mean, they got hacked by a really smart hacker. This is not, this is not a baby hacker. He's a, he's a good, good, good hacker. All right. Now let's talk about the part of the show that, that you guys uh, tuned in for. Because I know that that's why you're here, because you're a bunch of DJs. So smash up a like. Let's do this. Um, people say, please, no investment advice. No, I'm not giving you investment advice. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. What am I doing? I'm in a build mindset. I've been here for long enough to know that this bear market may go on for a long time. As I said to you before, I gave you guys a, a very, very, very cool reality check at the beginning of the show. This bear market could last for a long time. We're in unprecedented times where the Fed is increasing interest rates. We've just started to increase interest rates. Everyone's trying to call the end of interest rates, and we're nowhere near the end of interest rates because nothing that the Fed has done has reduced inflation by even one bit. Okay? The only reduction in inflation has been because Joe Biden has been selling America's strategic oil reserves, and that brought down the price of oil. So we could be here for a long time. And the problem is that you've got to find a use for your time. And so the use that I've got for my time, based on the long bear market that I endured in 2017, 2018, or 2018 and 2019, and maybe even the beginning of 2020, is the best skill that you can build, or the best things that you can build, are you can build an amazing portfolio, and you can build amazing knowledge on narratives and tokens that are going to explode in the future. And you can do it in an environment where there's very little hype. So now you have the right to, you have the, the privilege of, of being able to, to build without hype and without noise. And so you can actually look at real, real, real fundamentals. And when you build a portfolio without hype and you build a portfolio using on, on tokens and narratives that you think are going to explode, and not you don't think you're going to explode because you keep hearing this on Twitter. You think you got, they're going to explode because you can see usage patterns, because you can see statistics and you can see data. And your view is not tainted by hype and garbage and trading signals, that's probably a portfolio that's going to take you somewhere. Now, when you're building this portfolio, you want to build a portfolio of 
multiple narratives. So layer one, gaming, cross-chain metaverse, narratives that you really think are going to work. You want to build a portfolio of things that are working, but you also want to take some real long shots in your portfolio. Because you kind of got to ask yourself, in my portfolio, who is going to be or what tokens are going to be the next 100x? Like, what, what, what are going to be the winners? Who are the Solanas of the next cycle? Who are the, who are the, 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 the Ethereums of the next cycle? And that is how you've got to approach building your portfolio. So I'm going to just show you kind of what I'm looking at. I'm going to show you what my portfolio, what, what my accumulation list looks like. And what I've practically done is I've set up a, a, a Google Sheet for you guys. But what I've also done is I've created a watch list on TradingView, which is called the Accumulate Watch List. I'm not going to click it now because then you guys are just going to read it. But I've created an Accumulate watch list, and that's really the only one I ever look at. And the reason it's why it's the only one I ever look at is because I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be um, uh, uh, disturbed or, or I don't want to get noise from other tokens. I just want to focus on the tokens that I'm looking at with big fundamentals. And I'm looking for tokens that can explode it, that can survive the bear market, will explode in the bull market, have real fundamental usage, don't have noise, but can also 100x. That's kind of like how I'm building my portfolio. Now, not all of you has to be the same. Uh, not all of your shopping lists have to be the same, uh, but the thinking probably has to be the same. So let's start with the portfolio. So the first one that I'm looking at, and of course, I'm not looking at Bitcoin and ETH because I'm calling Bitcoin and ETH last, last year's um, uh, narratives, last cycle's uh, blue-eyed boys. Who's coming next? What's happening next? And that's kind of like what I want to show you. So who is the ETH of the next cycle? And I guess for me, the ETH of the next cycle has to be Solana. And I'll show you why I think it has to be Solana. Um, again, I'm not looking at noise. I'm only looking at fundamentals. I'm only looking at fundamentals. And I, and, and I look at the usage. I know Solana was created to become a trading blockchain and a DeFi blockchain and a fast order execution blockchain. But the reality is that right now, when I look at Solana, Solana is the ultimate, the number one um, uh, uh, NFT blockchain. And when I look at the usage statistic of Solana, you can't deny that the usage statistics of Solana are absolutely insane. So you can see the number of active addresses in the Solana network, 25 million, 21 million, 14 million. And then when you compare that to the active addresses on Ethereum, it, or, or, to, or the, to the transactions on Ethereum, you can see that Solana is doing about nine times the transactions that the Ethereum network is doing. And if you look at the number of active addresses in the Ethereum network, 9 million versus 14 million on Solana, 16 million versus 21 million on Solana. So in terms of usage, Solana is definitely the one that is, is, is uh, looking, that is, is worth buying right now. And I want to show you something. I found this service on, on, the, um, the, on the web. But if you look at Solana and you say, if Solana had to trade at the market cap of Ethereum, Solana would trade at $462. Okay? And, but right now, Solana's got more usage than Ethereum. It's got more active addresses, more usage than Ethereum. So, and that would mean that Solana has to trade at $462 just to be the Ethereum. And remember that Ethereum is also now in a down market. So for me, the number one coin that I'd be buying right now is Solana. The next one that I'm looking at buying is Matic. And the reason why I want to buy Matic is because Matic for me is, I know we call it a layer two. I call it a layer, I call it a layer one. It's very much for me a layer one uh, protocol. Um, and the reason why I'm buying it is because it is more used than Ethereum right now. So I think that Matic, with all its scaling technologies and its ZK and all the top devs and all the deals that they're doing, Matic is amazing. But so far, what you can see is that these guys are still last cycles tokens, right? They're still nothing new. As we move down, I'm going to show you some new ones that I'm adding. So the next one that I'm adding 
shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, and that is near protocol. And the reason why I'm adding near protocol is because here we have a layer one protocol that actually works, that actually has sharding, that has all the tooling around it that's that's ready to explode. And if you compare the market cap of near with a very smart bunch of people building on it. And if you compare the market cap of Nier to the market cap of Ethereum, and you say, well, what if Nier just catches up with Ethereum in this cycle in the bear market? That would mean that Nier has to be a 52X. So there's so much upside here. So um, for me, that's another one that, that I'd be looking at. The next one that I'd be looking at is an exchange token. Now you can place your bet on whichever exchange token you want. You can look at BNB, you can look at FTT, you can decide whether you want to back CZ or whether you want to back Sam Bankman-Fried. But when I look at a chart like this, when I look at a chart, I'm going to look at the BNB BTC chart. When I look at that chart and I look at how well BNB has performed relative to Bitcoin, even just since COVID. So even just since COVID, it has outperformed Bitcoin by 14 times. And here you've got a bet on a chain, which is supported by arguably one of the world's richest crypto investors, which is CZ. Um, a huge community, uh, a chain that actually works very fast, low transaction fees written in Cosmos SDK or in Tendermint. Um, I think you've got to be looking to add either Binance or FTT. I'm, I've gone much more with BNB because I want to take a bet on the chain and CZ, the individual, and the Binance exchange. And I think especially now because they're doing all these things to become regulated. They announced today that they've got a Dubai license, they've got a, a France license, they've got an Italy license, they're getting a UK license. Um I think that they might become the most licensed exchange in the world. And you kind of want to be backing the most licensed exchange in the world. So for me, that's another one which I'm adding. But as you can see, again, these are still somewhat last year's ones. In fact, NIA is the only one that is next year's one. Then you've got GMX. Now, the reason why I would be investing in, in GMX is not only because they've just hit over 100,000 users, not only because um, they're growing super, super, super fast, as you can see from all their statistics. In fact, Look at GMX's volume relative to DYDX, which has been here for a longer cycle. Not only because they are generating about a million dollars in fees every single day. In fact, in the last seven days, $700,000 in fees every single day. That's not the only reason why I'm adding GMX. The reason why I'm adding GMX is because in every market in the world, options and futures and derivatives are bigger than the underlying market. And crypto is going to be no different. Crypto is going to be no different than any other market in the world. Options and derivatives are going to be, and futures are going to be much bigger than the underlying market. And I think that GMX is the first decentralized protocol that really has a chance of becoming a player here. And if I look at the market cap of GMX today, on a fully diluted basis, it's less than half a billion dollars. And if I look at the market cap of Coinbase, which is a centralized player in a market that's not as big as the options market, it's about, I'll, I'll tell you exactly. So right now, the fully diluted market cap of GMX is 553 million. Um, Let's quickly look at the market cap of Coinbase. Coinbase Global market cap. It's going to give you an idea of 15.2 billion. That just shows you how much upside we've got uh, if GMX takes off. And GMX really is taking off now. So GMX would be the next one that I put on, onto my list. Next one that I'm putting on my list. Now, remember, I'm playing multiple narratives here. I'm playing multiple narratives here. Is Dopex. So GMX is decentralized uh, uh, derivatives. Uh, perpetual options and Dopex is a decentralized uh, sorry a, um, decentralized futures and Dopex is decentralized options and so I'm taking a bet on Dopex and um, and uh, and GMX. I just want to show you something in terms of Dopex's price chart um, to give an idea of 
how cheap you're buying it relative to when it was at the top. Now, that's not exactly the best metric in the world, but this was trading at $4,000 at its peak. It's trading at $255. It's probably the, the ultimate options um, play that you can have today on, on decentralized options. So Dopex is another one. Let me give you another one which I'm, which I'm really watching, and that is Stargate. You know I love Layer 0 and I love the Stargate technology. This is a DEX, and this DEX allows people to swap cross-chain with very little fees and without using bridges that can be hacked. Now, let's, I'll show you why I'm so bullish on Stargate when it comes to pricing. Let's compare the market cap of Stargate to the market cap of Uniswap, because Uniswap is a DEX on Ethereum um, and a couple of other chains, but Stargate is a DEX across multiple chains. Uniswap's fully diluted valuation is 5.3 billion, and Stargate's fully diluted valuation is it's way, way, way smaller, 519 million. And I think that Stargate is a much better technology than Uniswap. So for me, Stargate is one that I'm definitely looking at. So again, I'm backing myself here on the cross-chain narrative. Um, uh, I believe cross-chain uh, is going to be a big one. All right, now I'm getting myself into the 100Xs because in your portfolio, you've got to have tokens that can do 100x because you never know who are going to be the 100x's of the next cycle but you've got to take a whole lot of 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 bets around tokens that can be um uh, uh that can explode in the next bear market one of them is kujira so the reason why i like kujira is this is a team that was building on luna when luna collapsed they pivoted and they started building their own blockchain on on cosmos using cosmos sdk software development kit now if you look at the progress that this protocol is making, I cannot find any blockchain that's building as fast and so many things on Kujira. In fact, they announced, I think today, yeah, today, they announced they're going to be an, uh, uh, um, having perpetual swaps coming to, 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 their, to their blockchain. So this, I mean, here you've got a Cosmos-based chain, which can be connected to all the other Cosmos-backed chains using the, the, the IBC, the bridge. And with a team that's built and built and built and has not failed to deliver yet. So that's another one which I've added to my portfolio. Next one, I'm wondering if I should save this one for last. So, okay, so I'm gonna show you the, I'm gonna show you the rest of them pretty quickly because I, I wanna bring on a guest, a uh, super important guest and especially today. So I've then taken a bet on a whole lot of narratives. I've gone with Helium and the reason why I'm so bullish on Helium is for two reasons. The first thing is Helium is doing a massive, massive, massive service that we need in Web3. Because one of the powers that governments have is that they can actually switch off the internet. But what Helium is building is a decentralized internet. By giving a whole lot of users a device which is like a, three, like a 5G device, it creates a network of, this, of these devices which creates a completely decentralized um, uh, a 5G network around the world, data and voice network around the world, which means that you are completely disenfranchising the mobile phone operators and the government's ability to shut them down when they need to. And Helium has just made a very, very, very big move. They, they used to be their own blockchain to manage the, 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 the financial side of, 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 the, of the whole process. And they now went and made a vote to move on to Slanas. As far as I know, that vote is about 90% in favor of actually going to Solana. And so in about two minutes, I'm going to bring on um, Austin, who's part of the, of, I think it's the Solana Foundation, he's the communications guy, and he's going to tell us the, the relevance of all of this. But before we get there, there are four other tokens and narratives 
that I'm heavily investing in. And I want to just quickly go through them with you. Immutable X, layer two scaling solution on Ethereum. It's a zero knowledge proof. It's a ZK uh, layer two. Um, it's targeted at metaverse and gaming. And so for me, I want to get a lot of exposure to metaverse and gaming. So what is my exposure to metaverse and gaming? Immutable X, render, because render is now cheap. It's back in the 40 cent range. Um, and it is, it is GPU power to render the metaverse. Gala Games, because I think you need to have a gaming plan. I think for me, Gala Games is the safest gaming play. And then there's one token, which I spoke about on the video that I did with Near Protocol. If you haven't seen that video, go and watch it. It's the coverage of the Near Protocol conference. Go and look at that. When the orderly token comes out, make sure you get your hands on this orderly token. The reason for that is, what orderly is, it's like it's like the serum on, like, serum, like Solana has serum, orderly is like the serum. It's a, it's a order book engine which allows for DEXs to feel like sexes. So it allows for decentralized exchanges to give you the same trading experience as centralized experience give you. It's fast. You can see order books online, et cetera. So that's why I would do it. So I'm going to publish this list for you guys so that you guys can see it. It's just one list. It doesn't have to be every list. Tomorrow we can actually have some Q&A and we can talk about um, what you would add and what you would take off this list. But for now, I want to bring Austin on uh, because I want to talk to him about this helium thing and about why Helium decided to go into Solana, what, what the relevance of this is. So, Austin, welcome back, my friend. We hey, haven't seen you, you since uh, Breakpoint, man. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, you, you, had a little, you had a good appearance on the show during Breakpoint last year. That was a fun one. Thanks for uh, coming. You coming this year too? I'm waiting for you guys, but as soon as you guys send me media <laughs> passes, I'm definitely coming. <laughs> You're on the list. We just got to hit the button. Amazing, amazing. Listen, so um, let's talk about Helium because Helium is a... It's a amazing service, which is getting a lot of traction. And I mean, if you look, I just want to quickly call their, their token just to show viewers what happened to their token price. Okay, so their token price in the last year looks something like that. Okay, it went from 50 or $60 and it's all the way back down at $4.43. The last tip came when they announced that they were going to stop being their own blockchain and that they were actually going to migrate to Solana. And it looks like now they're migrating to Solana. So why are they migrating to Solana? What's the thinking behind it? Yeah, so Helium currently operates on its own L1, which is built on Erlang. And so part of that reason is Helium's actually got a, a kind of a funny history. They're actually about eight years old, and it used to be a IoT wireless mesh company that decided that really to make that work with the whole vision they needed to, they needed to build it on blockchain, right? That people weren't just going to run nodes out of the goodness of their heart. They needed to actually have a token behind it and have a whole uh, Web3 incentive model going there. So they built a what's actually a pretty interesting blockchain for an L1. I, you know, it's probably the closest thing we've seen to. I don't want to call it like Bitcoin, but it's a it's a incredibly high performing network for an incredibly small subset of things that it can actually do. And so there's no smart contracts in the Helium L1 right now, uh, but it runs this thing called proof of coverage, which is a pretty com computationally intensive calculation to basically reward people for both providing coverage in the abstract and actually passing data through. So you can think of this as similar to the way a validator works on a proof of stake network where the validator is both rewarded for being up and being online and uh, validating blocks and then also getting fees for processing transactions. With Helium, it's a little bit different because they've added one additional dimension, which is global physical distribution, right? If all these nodes are in the same city, it doesn't actually help with providing coverage of the network. So there's a complex calculation around how they reward folks 
uh, in different parts of the world. So it's a pretty interesting system, but they've really reached the limits of what they can do on an Erlang system um, and then now need to migrate to another system in order to let the network go from the 1 million nodes it currently has to, you know, 10, 100 million nodes all around the world. I guess the biggest question that I have is like, why does Helium need their own blockchain? The way I see how Helium works is Helium oh, is a network of, of, of 5G or, or, yeah. or mobile phone providers. And the, the blockchain is just a validation layer. They don't really need a blockchain. And so to me, it kind of really makes sense that they would migrate and say, look, we're not, we don't want to maintain a blockchain. We don't want to, all the stuff of maintaining a blockchain, building smart contracts. We want to run a network of mobile, mobile op services and we should just outsource the running of the blockchain to someone who's already got a blockchain and is doing it full time, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is basically the exact discussion that they laid out in terms of, ma look, maintaining your own blockchain is hard. We're seeing, you know, DYDX gave up on Ethereum and moved over to its own implementation for basically those exact same reasons, right? That they needed scale and that in the process of getting scale, running your own blockchain is kind of a last resort system, right? You should really only do it if you have a distinct competitive advantage where you need that L1. And pretty much what, what he, the Helium community has come to, and the vote's like 92% in favor right now and closes in about two days, um, is that the power of migrating something like Solana is something that's really attractive for them, right? Uh, the, there, again, there's no DeFi on uh, Helium right now. There's no smart mm -hmm. contracts, right? So the ability for a game developer to say, I want to build a game that's doing real-world location data and also running on blockchain. You know, something like Stepin has so many anti-cheating measures built into it to make sure the location data that the phone is reporting is actually accurate. The minute you have a decentralized witnessing network that can say, you know, this hotspot that we know is located on this street in New York can see this device. You can't necessarily say they're in within 20 meters of each other, right? There's, there's definitely an error bar there, but we can say like this person in this phone is definitely somewhere in the city of New York. They're not in, you know, a click farm in like Southeast Asia somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And that sort of advantage really um, is going to unlock a huge amount of development potential, both for developers on Solana, but also developers on Helium who currently can't use smart contracts to pass data and to manage the network in a way that they really would like to be able to. Do you think that this is, the, this is the beginning of a trend where lots of people, lots of projects who built a blockchain without actually really needing a blockchain, just built a blockchain because it just seemed like the cool thing to do and then got multiples, <laughs> will start abandoning their blockchains and actually start focusing on what they intended to do. Like Helium intended oh, to sure. build a decentralized internet, not to build a blockchain. You don't need a blockchain to build a decentralized internet. You, you don't need to build a blockchain to build a decentralized internet. Do you think yeah. that we're going to start getting a whole lot more projects doing this? Yeah, look, I mean, Helium has, uh, you know, the foundation has made kind of an overt trade-off here, which is like they just acquired um, FreedomFi, which is a company that's manufacturing and designing 5G antennas and radio systems that anyone can set up in their home. And what they've basically said is like the place that we need to put our attention is the hardware level. It's not the software level here. It's, it's not running a blockchain. You can do that on Solana. You can do that on Cosmos. You can do that on lots of different systems at this point. And so giving up that L1 if you don't have a compelling reason to. I mean, this is the value proposition of something like Cosmos as well and Solana, is that these are ecosystems where you can have a different set of trade-offs 
um, you know, on Solana by migrating to here, you maintain full composability, right? Solana has no sharding, right? There's no L2s on Solana. So everything one, runs in one global state. And that's where a ton of that value generation has come from, that, that composability. If someone wants a system that maybe composability isn't something that they're focused on, maybe instead uh, they want something that is a little more uh, under the control of the application, an application-specific scaling solution, again, that's where something like a Cosmos architecture can be really interesting there for them too. So mm -hmm. again, at this point, there's not a ton of reason to build your own L1 unless you're building a general purpose platform or unless you have some really distinct advantage that comes from that. In Helium's case, right, so that, that migration seemed like something that makes a lot of sense. So the vote closes in two days. I think we'll keep our eyes on the, our eyes and ears peeled. And then, uh, yeah. I, mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty much going through. If you look at the voting power, I looked at it earlier today. It's pretty much going through. Austin, we'll see you again in Lisbon. We're going to have a big banter party like we had last year. We're going to have a Excellent. big banter party around the corner. So we look forward to seeing you guys again. Chat soon, my friend. Thanks. Ciao, buddy. Yeah, it's very exciting, I think, for Solana. Super, super exciting. And also exciting, we're going to be in, in Lisbon for Breakpoint. And you guys should also come. Um, we'll do another big party, etc. Listen, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I've got, to go, I've got a physio appointment my next little bit. So I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll talk about the portfolio. You'll ask me and I'll we'll talk about what we should have added, what we didn't add, etc., etc. Um, and also remember, tomorrow, Powell Speaks will be live. Um, we'll be live tomorrow night. See you guys again tomorrow. Until then, have fun. Trade well. Stay safe, my friends.